0: Awesome. It's good to be back, eh? Hey? Oh my goodness, I feel like I'm uh, back at school because you see, when I first started school, uh, every term, the teacher would say, Josh, come sit up with me here at the desk because I was just can't contain the excitement and the hyperactivity. Um, so bear with me as I take a lot of breaths. I am worn out, (laughs) but I'm also incredibly, incredibly excited and so filled with joy to see all of your faces here this morning. There's so much to unpack from these last 10 weeks or so, but really, I just want to mention two things this morning. First of all, thank you. Thank you for being the best church. I get emotional now and oh, you can tell the pastor's glad to be back in church, but thank you for being adaptable thank you for being generous. Thank you for being hope traffickers. You know, we've achieved so much in this season that some may have said would put pause on church. We've continued to love on our city, the solo moms, the foster share shed, and a whole heap of other stuff that we've achieved in this season. And during Easter, can you remember there was Easter that happened this year? Out of control. Um, But we've also continued to bring the gospel online and will do into the future. And we've had a whole heap of awkward Zoom calls. I know I have. It's weird. And I'm glad to say goodbye to them, although I don't think they'll be gone forever. I think uh, some of our meetings will continue to happen on Zoom, which is cool. Um, The other thing I wanted to do, so thank you. That was number one. Number two was to praise God. I know that we're in church, and some of us call ourselves Jesus followers and Christians this morning, and so it might seem cliche, but we know it's not. You know, His provision in our church, but also our lives individually over these last 10 or so weeks has just been amazing. And I love the fact that we serve a King, that even in a pandemic, we can give all honor, all praise, and all glory. Amen? Amen? We started this year. Let's give God a hand. The clap doesn't sound as good anymore. but <laughs> We started uh, this year with this theme, brick by brick. And it's usually up on the curtain, but we've pulled the curtain, so it's on the other side of that. But brick by brick, and it has never been more relevant than right now. We talked about how the power of a brick is its availability and its connectivity. And how uh, in the kingdom of God, just being available, creates so much opportunity and a brick all by itself is useless, right? Except for causing destruction. But when a brick is connected with other bricks, there is power, there is strength, there is presence, right? And it all came out of this scripture from Peter, one of Jesus' followers that said that we are spiritual stones being built into a spiritual house. So the reality is you're a brick, boy, you're a brick, mate. I'm a brick, we're all bricks, but what separates us from any other brick on the street? Peter said that we are spiritual stones. So I believe the factor that unites us, the factor that brings us together, the mortar, if you like, but also that sets us apart, is faith. It's faith. It's faith that unifies us. It's faith that drives us. It's faith in Jesus Christ that saves us. Amen? And so I want to talk about faith over these next few weeks. In fact, I want to talk about crazy faith. And I think something will come up that shouldn't have come up, should have come up earlier, but it did, and it's all good. I want to read directly out of the Passion Translation this morning um, from Romans chapter 4. It says, Let me use Abraham as an example. It is clear that humanity speaking, humanly speaking, he was the founder of Judaism. What was his experience of being made right with God? Was it by his good works for keeping the law? No, for it was by the things he did. He would have subject to boast about, but no one boasts before God. Listen to what scripture says. Because Abraham believed God's word, his faith transferred God's righteousness into his account. And then jumping to verse 16, it says, The promise depends on faith so that it can be experienced as a grace gift. And now it extends to all the descendants of Abraham. That's you and I. This promise is not only meant for those who obey the law, but also to those who enter into faith of Abraham, the father of us all. That's what the scripture means when it says, I have made you the father of many nations. He is our example and father. For in God's presence, he believed that God can raise the dead and call into beings things that don't even exist. Against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fill it. He took God at his word, and as a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. Your descendants will be so many that they will be impossible to count. In spite of being nearly 100 years old, when the promise of having a son was made, his faith was so strong that it could not be undermined by the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. He never stopped believing God's promise, for he was made strong, in his faith to father a child. And because he was mighty in faith and convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill his promises, Abraham glorified God. That sounds like crazy faith to me, doesn't it? Can we pray? Dear Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the privilege that it is to gather here this morning. I thank you that your promise is that you are here among us. Lord, I thank you that it is through faith that we are saved. I thank you for the grace gift that you have given us, that it isn't by what we do, but it's about who we believe in. Lord, would you speak to us all this morning? Would you calm my nerves? Would you have favor upon this service? In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Let's get into it. Crazy faith. If you didn't follow all of that scripture, it's all good. We're going to unpack it a little bit now. I just need you to recite it back to me before we do. Kidding. I had all week to go through it. You've only got this morning, but it's all good. You're better than me. Basically, Abraham was a man. He was just a guy like you and me. He was really old, but he was just a guy. And he had this crazy faith in God. And you can read about him in the book of Genesis, the beginning of your Bibles. And you might know him from the Sunday school songs. Does anyone know it? Abraham had manny sons, manny sons, cut, it's horrible. We don't allow that in kids' church. Um, Any of those songs from that era, um, they just pain me too much, so we've gone modern. (laughs) But basically, if you don't know the story, God causes a flood over the earth, and there's Noah's Ark, you may have heard of that one in kids' church as well, or around the traps. Um, And then after that, it just there's not much happens. Generation after generation, passes, but then with Abraham, God intersects with humanity again. It's simple, really. God makes a promise to Abraham, and Abraham accepts. God just makes a promise to Abraham, and Abraham accepts, but it leads him on this crazy journey of faith, with stories from our Bibles that we struggle to comprehend, imagine, or even believe in. But ultimately, through the line of Abraham, Jesus enters the world and dies upon a cross to save our lives and to redeem this broken world. Abraham's faith is incredible. Why? Because he believed God at a time when there was no one to preach the gospel to him. He believed God at a time when nobody else believed. He believed God at a time when there wasn't anyone to look up to in his faith. He simply believed in God, which is kind of crazy, right? Right? And I know crazy faith isn't really a thing. If you break it down, Abraham simply believed in God, and God did all the crazy stuff, right? But even then, it wasn't really crazy. Miraculous, yes, but not crazy. It was all part of his plan to redeem our broken world, right? All the people that we believe in, that we believe about in the Bible, they all live this crazy faith. And here's my point. It's only crazy until it happens, right? It's only crazy until it happens. What was crazy in one season looks like faith in another. And we believe in all these people in the Bible. Joshua made the sun stand still. Moses, he parted the seas. Noah builds an ark on a mountain where you can't even see any water. The woman with the issue of bleeding touches Jesus' robe with the faith that she'd be healed, and she's healed. And it's crazy faith. My question to you is, is crazy faith just reserved for the Bible? Is crazy faith just reserved for the stories that we read in the Bible? Because my scripture tells me that the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in me. And so I can answer the question for you right now. His power, that same faith, that crazy faith is available to us. The question is, how? I want to unpack three things from the life of Abraham that I believe call us into this crazy faith. Are we going to part seas? Are we going to move mountains? Probably not. Not because God couldn't, but because why would he? We've got planes. We've got literal (laughs) titanics now. He'd be going, just buy the ticket, jump on the plane, right? But I still do believe that God can move mountains that he can calm oceans, that he can split seas. It just might be the mountain of financial debt. It might be the deep ocean of depression. It might be the sea of racism and hatred where there seems to be no way. I believe that God can make a way. Or maybe that's just crazy faith. (laughs) Turn to the person next to you and say, crazy faith. faith. Oh, it's good to be back in church. Romans 4:17. it says, He is our example and father, speaking of Abraham. For in God's presence, he believed that God can raise the dead and call into being things that don't even exist. Number one, crazy faith is about who and not what. Crazy faith is about who and not what. Faith is, about, faith is not about what you are believing for. Faith is about who you are believing in. Abraham, he simply believed in God, and God did all that crazy stuff, raised the dead to life, made a way where there seemed to be no way. Faith begins and ends with who? God and his son Jesus Christ. I have a super embarrassing story. (laughs) I have lots of embarrassing stories. I swore I'd never tell this one in church, but here I am, need content. And so, there was a time when we used to go to the gym, right? Um, I've used that excuse over the last 10 weeks, and sadly it's gone away from now, and I have to jump back in. But when I walked into the gym one day with Seth, my friend, we, uh, we saw this boy that was from our youth program. And uh, I, I don't know what it was about it, but I just got scared. He was with his family, and I wanted to make a good impression, and I was kind of scared that his mum would be like, he's your pastor? He looks like one of your friends from school. He's a tall kid, this guy. I think he's like 15. He's taller than me. And I was walking over and I was like, oh, you know, we caught eyes awkwardly. You know, you know how you try to avoid people? I never do because I love all people. But, <laughs> but you know when you try to avoid people, then you catch eyes? <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm walking over going, make a good impression, make a good impression, make a good impression. And my, my real worry is I got a problem with names. And so I, I, I couldn't remember his name. And I was, but then I, I, I thought about it. his name's John, 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 his name is John. His name is John. I reached out my hand to his mum and I said, Hi, my name's John. (laughs) Oh, I died in that moment. I completely ruined it. And I, I remember saying, I'm not John. I'm Josh. He's John. Of course he is. It's her son. And it was all gone. I was so focused on the what? I was so focused on making a good impression that I forgot who I even was. And oh, man. Oh, it's good to get that out in the air. <laughs> Seth's been holding it over me for a fair while now. Yeah, oh, that's right. I actually said to her, sorry, I'm scared. I don't know. But let me tell you, crazy faith is about who and not what. You see, sometimes we're believing for subject so much. We're believing for subject so much that the something, the what, begins to be what we put our faith in and we forget the someone, the who. A lot of people want to take their thoughts, take their ideas, take their decisions and then pace God on top of them and say, oh, this relationship was from the Lord. We're deep down on the inside. They know that it wasn't. Other times in reality, we plead to God for the what so much so that we're blinded to how he wants to bring the blessing. We're praying for this, praying for this thing. And it seems like the only way that the problem can be fixed. And God might be over here going, have we tried the on-off button? And we forget because we're so concentrated on the what that we miss out on the blessing that he wants to bring from him. Crazy faith is about who and not what. The what is added later. Jesus himself said, seek first the kingdom of God. And everything else will be added to you. Matthew 6, Faith is not found in what we are believing for. Faith is found in who we are believing in. Amen. Yeah? Let's go. Against all hope. Romans 4, 18. This has got to be one of my favorite scriptures of all time. It says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became. The second thing that you've got to know about crazy faith is that crazy faith isn't safe faith. Crazy faith isn't safe faith. It says against all hope. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed and so became. You have to know this morning that faith begins where understanding ends. When you don't know, that's when faith starts. Isn't it weird that I'm drinking water now? For some reason on camera, I felt like I couldn't drink water. And I've been preaching for the last 10 weeks, dry as anything, but water is back. Praise God for water. When you don't know, that's when faith starts. So I, I, this is how I think of it. When we're believing for something, there'll always be a gap between what we have and what we need, what we're praying for, and our current reality. If we're believing in something, then there'll always be a gap, right? So it only leaves, I think, three decisions. The first of all is get rid of the gap. If I'm not believing for anything, no gap. No need for faith. Or does that just sound like escape or being comfortable? Because that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like a safe place. Because if I'm not relying on anything from anyone, no one can let me down, right? sounds like safe Faith, but faith will be uncomfortable because crazy faith isn't safe faith. I don't want to be in that place. It might seem comfortable, but I don't want to be there and I don't want you to be there either. See, comfortable sounds good, but only when we're talking about watching church online, right? Hey, online crew. There's this story from uh, Dr. Paul Brand and Philip Yancey in their book, Pain the gift nobody wants. And they talk about this rare disease called congenital insensitivity to pain. It basically means that you feel no pain. And I know some of us in our head think, that would be a superpower, right? You know, invisibility, the ability to f- fly or to feel no pain. But what's so interesting as they unpack in their book is this four-year-old girl called Tanya, who they meet and their mother brings Tanya to them. And she tells this story of, how she discovered that she had this congenital disease, of how she went into her cot and she thought that her daughter had stolen the crayons, but in reality, she'd bit her finger off and was painting with it on the cot. And it's horrible. And Dr. Brand journeys with the mother and about nine years later, the mother calls back and explains how little Tanya who's now like 11 years old, I think, at that time, was now living in an institution. She'd lost both her legs to amputation and this whole list of horrible injuries. And the mother was explaining that the father, he'd left the family because he couldn't deal with the situation. And he called her a monster, but the doctor said she's no monster. Only an extreme example. He said she was a human metaphor for life without pain. A human metaphor for life without pain. You see, faith will be uncomfortable. But faith is what keeps us whole. Faith will feel painful. But like we said in the weeks prior, pain, it warns us. Pain, it teaches us. And through our pain, God can speak to us. Crazy faith, it isn't safe faith. Do I always have to live out of a position of discomfort? It's been something that the church has preached before. No, don't go sell everything you own. Don't swap out your kids' mattresses for camp mattresses. Don't go cut off your arm. Just ask yourself, are you growing? Because if you're growing, something will be changing. And if subject's changing, then there's usually a level of discomfort. Crazy faith isn't Safe faith. The second option. Remember the gap that we talked about. If we're believing for something, there's always going to be a gap between what we have and what we need. The second option is to fill it with something else. Let's be honest. We don't always fill that gap with crazy faith in God. We fill it with things like substances, success, money, escape, toxic relationships, and we're not alone. Abraham did the same thing. God told Abraham when he was nearly 100 years old, "You're going to have a child." With your 100-year-old wife, there was a gap, (laughs) a pretty big gap, especially in that time. And if you read the full account of Abraham's story, you'll find that he went to a servant girl and he had a child with her trying to shortcut the promise of God. He disobeyed God, but he only delayed the promise because God remained faithful towards him. And so it only leaves a third option, and it's crazy faith. Turn to the person next to you and say, crazy faith. Crazy. Against all hope. Come on, you'll lift your game. Against all hope. Abraham. No, no, I don't want you to repeat after me. <laughs> Guys, come on, come on. this is how we do church, right? <laughs> Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed and so became. Faith in God means becoming subject. If we're not becoming, then we aren't in faith. So this morning, if I can tell you something, or ask you something, it would be don't stop. Don't quit. Don't waste. Don't turn away. Become. Crazy faith isn't safe faith. Crazy faith is about who, not what. And lastly, crazy faith starts with baby faith. Sometimes we're guilty of reading these stories of incredible faith and saying, be like David, be like Samuel, be like Ruth or be like Abraham. And we forget that they're just broken people like you and I. That everything they were doing was pointing towards the who in Jesus. That It wasn't about do what I'm doing. It was about trust in Him. You see, the scripture is actually clear that Abraham just didn't walk off the production line, warrior of faith. Because if you just read these scriptures, you could be guilty of, feeling, of thinking that way. I've got to have faith. Look what it says in verse 20. He never stopped believing God's promise. You've got to never stop believing. If you have any doubt, then you're not Abraham. You could read that, right? But what does it say next? It says, for he was made strong in his faith. He was made strong. Paul's clear. He was made strong. Crazy faith, it starts with baby faith. Faith isn't the opposite of doubt. Faith is the opposite of fear. Jesus himself said in Mark 4.40, he said to the disciples when they were on that boat and there was this huge storm and Jesus is asleep and they wake him up and he says, why are you so afraid? Do you have no doubt? Do you have no faith? He didn't say, why do you have no doubt? Do you have no faith? He said, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? People think that doubt disqualifies from them from faith and they never get started. But crazy faith, it starts with baby faith. What are you believing for today? What are you believing for now? Could you just start by tomorrow, no matter how it feels tomorrow, no matter how things go, just having the faith that God is with you and God is for you. It's an awesome place to start. It will shift the entire perspective of your week. How do I know that I'm moving in faith? You can't. It's faith. Crazy, I know, right? Right. And the crazy thing about Abraham's story is that as you choose to believe in this story and God's redemptive plan throughout humanity, you realize that, that Abraham was believing in you. See, I, God took Abraham out and he showed him the stars and the sand. And he said, as many as there are there will be your descendants. Wow. That's God's promise for Abraham. That's you. And you know, if you'd learn anything from the story of Abraham, the story of a hundred-year-old man having kids, the story of a man being taken out of his tent and saying, go, I'm not showing you where, but just go. And so many more incredible stories. The sacrifice, the almost sacrifice of his son. You'll learn that faith in God, it means that we can believe in God Even when the circumstances around us scream and shout, no. Because I'm sure for Abraham, his age was shouting, no, it's not possible. But faith in God makes the impossible possible. Maybe for you, the pain you are feeling is shouting, no. Maybe the pull to just go with the crowd, to agree, to stay comfortable, screams, no. Maybe the debt... Maybe the relationship, maybe the sickness, maybe the failure shouts no. You see, the world is calling you to find truth as if it's some tangible object connected to happiness and success. I'm sorry to tell you this morning, it's not. Truth is a person, His name is Jesus Christ, and through Him is real love, true purpose. My Bible tells me that in Philippians 14, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. When the circumstances around me scream no, shout no, I scream back Philippians 4.13, no. It says I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And Paul, he finishes this passage that we've explored today. In Romans 4, 25, it says... So now you can see why Abraham's faith was credited to his account as righteousness, right standing before God. And this declaration was not just spoken over Abraham, but also over us. For when we believe and embrace the one who brought our Lord Jesus back to life, perfect righteousness will be accredited to our account as well. Jesus was handed over to be crucified for the forgiveness of our sins and was raised back to life to prove that he had made us right with God. Abraham was the father of faith, as we say. But Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Crazy faith is about the who and not the what. If that thing didn't happen in your life that you're believing for, would you still trust God? Crazy faith isn't safe faith. Are you too comfortable this morning? Can you identify a gap in what you are believing for and where you are right now? And if there is, are you filling it with faith in God? And crazy faith, it starts with baby faith. What can you do now? How can you trust Him now? Would you stand with me? We're going to pray in this moment. And the online crew are going to be joining us at 5 p.m., so I want to lead them in this moment too. You know, one of the greatest steps in your faith journey, or the greatest step in your faith journey, is inviting Jesus into your life. First choosing to believe in Him. You know, the structure of our physical Bibles can be a little bit confusing, because you think sometimes that you've got to believe all the stuff up to here, when they start mentioning Jesus. But actually, you start here. Because crazy faith, it's about who and not the what. And when you understand what Jesus did for you, all the rest of it begins to make sense. You don't have to trust in anything else except Him and what He did for you on the cross. So would you bow your heads with me right now? If you want to make that decision to invite Jesus into your life, maybe for the first time, maybe it's been a long time, but to choose to put your faith in him right now. Let's do it together and pray with me, church. Dear Jesus, I choose to believe that you died on the cross for me, that you were raised to life so that I could have eternal life. Forgive me, God, for where I've got it wrong where I filled the gap with other stuff. Come into my heart. I place my trust in you.